0: Talk Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for over 25 years. I'm also a mom. I learned many lessons from my child clients and my own children. This informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching and consulting that I do as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are simple principles for parenting. I'll cover more than 20 principles for Blissful Parenting so you too can have freakishly well-behaved kids. Penny and I will be talking about some of them today. These principles are simple and, honestly, life-altering will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children. They're going to improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, I'm talking with my friend, uh, Penny Lupo, who's also a licensed mental health counselor, play therapist, and mom of an almost teenage boy. We're going to be focusing on some of the challenges a parenting um, boys at this age raises for us as moms as they move from childhood to adolescence. We'll share also possibly some stories related to our clinic work. Um, We've made every effort in this case to disguise any identifying information. So any likenesses to um, children um, you may know or parents you may know are merely a coincidence. Uh, Lastly, for more information on parenting, check out my new book that was inspired by children and the conversations from this podcast aptly titled Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. You can also find additional resources for parents and professionals at www.integrativecounseling.us. I invite you to come hang out with me on social media. Um, my Instagram is at Dr. Jody Mully, M-U-L-L-Y, and at Twitter uh, at Dr. Jody Mullen. Penny, let's talk about our boys. Enough with that uh, intro nonsense.
0: <laughs>
1: You're welcome.
0: Hi, thank you. Uh, so,
1: Penny, I, I wanted to just share with the um, entire audience how this podcast came about was that um i have a 15 year old son and penny how old is your son
0: he's 12 and a half
1: yeah. okay <laughs> so so close <posted>. to <laughs> um so yes. because so because i've kind i've got a couple of years um ahead in this game of parenting a teenage boy um penny sometimes asks me questions and i was like i bet you're not the only one who has these kind of questions um, so yeah <laughs> so we thought
0: it would definitely be a
1: good, yeah we thought it would be a good idea to um, you know, capture some of the conversations that we've already had and continue to have, honestly, as parents of teenage boys. For both of us, this is the first time around. And, and I will say that even though both of us have the professional training in connecting and, um, with children and teenagers at this age, is that um, that sometimes doesn't help. When you're the parent, so no,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all.
0: nope, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and I and I wanted to start off, and Penny, maybe um, I know you have some specific questions for me, but I think maybe this is one of the most important things to communicate um, to everyone who's um, listening. And please, like, share this. Not necessarily even the podcast, but just this is that as children age, they still need affection. However. The way they receive affection, their preferences for that from their parents change dramatically. So if you've made it this far, right, if you've made it past 10 years old with your son not um, pushing you away and, um, publicly, and I will say publicly, um, in terms of physical affections, hugs, kisses, on even kisses on the head, things like that, um, they will. And so that can... Um, that can really feel like you're being rejected as a as a person and as a parent. And I, I just encourage you to come up with other creative ways, high fives, fist pumps, texts, to show um to demonstrate to your child that you that you love them. They still need this now, even though they act differently about the way um they receive it. Have you found that too, Penny?
0: absolutely just had that experience over the weekend we um put up a basketball pole for my son and um we were playing and he got hit in the head and I was gonna like go give him a hug like I would have when he was little are you okay and um it was like no we're not doing that (laughs) oh okay (laughs) yeah
1: it feels weird because like our role you know as parents or our, yeah, our role, I guess, is the correct way to say that as parents really hasn't changed. But when, as they move through development, that part changes. So the parenting principle really is that is don't stop showing me affection, even as I get older. Um, the the difficult part in that is really like coming up with ways um, to show affection mm-hmm. to your teenage child. And I think, you know, Penny and I are, are also coming at this from one perspective, and that's as moms to teenage boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll try to get some other voices in future podcasts on you know uh, the other mix and matches that you have there. But, you know, I do find that, um, privately in our sometimes, um, that my son will be receptive of my affection, um, affectionately, like a, a hug or something like that, but publicly, not a chance. <laughs>
0: and, no, <laughs> no, not a chance.
1: But I always tell him, the Kavarovsky are not going to catch this, <laughs> but he doesn't think that's funny <laughs> at all. Um, and then, <laughs> although I do, and you do, Penny, which is why we're friends. Um, and then right. I think, right. Um, right, the other thing um, is that, uh, that is important to know, is that there is another side to that, is as they mature, as they develop, um, they, that that will change again. And that um, a lot of times what it's like holding out until they make it past 17 or 18 years old and then they are once again not um, typically um, they'll be okay with giving their mom a hug, even even sometimes a kiss so um,
0: you know so it, it,
1: it's like this holding pattern until they get through this really awkward kind of uh, time for them, and maybe it's not awkward for them. Maybe it's just awkward for us. But either way, um, they will. There is another side to this. Both of our sons will come back
0: around. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
1: um, so I, I wanted to. I didn't. I wanted to make sure that we talked about that because it is. I think um, it is more so difficult on our end as parents than it is for the kids because they're being very clear about their communication. I don't want that. of affection um right now um but on our end it can feel pretty crappy and sometimes i think that's what starts to get in the way um uh, of the relationships we have with our teenagers is that that part feeling rejected as a person and parent um sort of undermines the hurt undermines um our connection so it's normal Brace yourself if you're not there yet. Um, and also know if you are there, you're going to get through it. There's another side to this. So, okay. Right. I didn't stop talking already. Penny, ask me uh, a question about um, this age group that we're talking about, these boys.
0: Okay. So one of the things that um, I struggle with the most with my guy is he's a very social butterfly. Um mm-hmm. And he has a, a group of friends he's had, actually, since he was very young. And um, they're, they've taken to, as they all do, you know, the YouTube craze. And yeah. they often want to make videos of different things. Um, my yeah. son is like, it, it, it's almost like that, um, like they want to make a series. You know how they, what is that called? I can't remember. It's, it's like animated <laughs> series kind of thing anyway so my son is always initiating these things i'm sorry Well,
1: i just interrupt and say we don't know the correct terminology anyway um so i'm guessing that some parents uh that are uh, listening or people who work with children that are listening might but we don't and um and one of the things um right there and then is is making sure we you know, when we're talking to our kids that we know, otherwise, um, as my son would say, um, mom, you're being a noob because it's like, you don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. You don't know correct terminology. So this is a wonderful place to be a noob is to ask your child, let them be the expert, whether they're 12 or five or 15, doesn't matter. It's just, you know, to say to your, to, to say to them, what is that called when you do that thing on YouTube where there's a bunch of them um, because we don't have words for that. We were not brought up, uh, Penny and I. I'm going to out you, Penny. We're, we're, you know, in our late 40s. We're we're 50-ish. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we didn't have this. So we don't really, one, we don't know the culture of it. But, two, we don't know the names of it. And so getting that information for our kids already demonstrates to them that we're invested. And we want to learn regardless of what our... Um, you know what our biases or what our judgments are about
0: that okay right so i think he's told me the name i in my late 50s or early 40s whatever or whatever we are um i've forgotten <laughs> but anyway so the main thing that i have is um like it's it's always like putting I'm always like the rules are you are not allowed to post anything without me knowing, A, and B, you're not allowed to post anyone else's children um, without their parents' consent, okay? Mm-hmm. What often happens is like their his friends, I feel like his friends don't really get it. Their parents may have different rules. I don't know what their rules are because I don't communicate with them specifically on the topic. But I have in the past, um, like, been very clear about it. Like, we're not videotaping each other and then posting it at my house. That's not acceptable. I don't, and I, mm-hmm. my son knows he's not supposed to do it or let anyone post him on the internet. Um, yeah. But here's where it gets tricky this is their culture. So, what's the best way to handle this without being too rigid? Right.
1: So um, so it sounds like you have like you have communicated really clearly to your son what you want it to be like. Right. Like these are the
0: yeah. rules. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm tight about them. Um, so I, I guess when you say, you know, like uh, I'm, I think you asked, am I being like too rigid around this is um, what does he think? I'm interested in that. Is does he buck up against this or is he like, all right, mom, it's cool.
0: Um, his, he basically is like, I know, um, okay. He was upset at first cause he thought he wasn't going to be able to do this series that he's written this huge long story for that's oh. different in my opinion, because those are voices. And could we have the parent check it out long as I see what the content is. Right. Um, but, but it's when it's like taping, like videotaping each other, like, like even doing like if they do, um, what are those things, Nerf gun battles or whatever. Like, no, I don't think we need to post that because that in the culture that we live in, it's not safe. Right. Normal for kids your age to have Nerf gun wars, not normal for you to post it on the internet. Those are my (laughs) thoughts. Right. So I don't know if he likes it, but it's the rule. (laughs) Right.
1: Okay. So a couple of things I want to say to that. One is, is that I think that's part of, what to talk about is like get, being able to gauge how strict am I being? Am I being a helicopter? I think there's a new name, like a snow cloud parent or something like, am I, you know, am I, <laughs> I think that's a whole different story. but you know, like, am I being too strict and not giving them like enough freedom? And again, I go back to like how, like the, we grew up in the time that we grew up where this, like this wasn't a thing. So it wasn't something we even had to, we didn't have to grapple with as, uh, teenagers. So I think yeah. one conversation is important. Two is that I want to, and I may have even told this story on the, this podcast before, but I think it's worth um, restating is that um, I do, you know, you do have to monitor your kids' social media. You have to. It's a way we protect them. Um, and so uh, I was having a conversation um, with a parent who's. I, I kind of forensically follow uh, a lot of my um, kid, a lot of kids that are in uh, uh, in my family and then in my friend group. Like, so I was following this mm-hmm. uh, and she had posted a video on Instagram that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, it was of her dancing and it, it looked a little pro provocative and she was maybe 10 or 11 years old at the time so I had a phone call with her mom where I just said listen it just made me feel uncomfortable and that's all the information that I'm giving you and my daughter who was um 17 at the time um like heard part of the conversation and she said mom you know you're really strict about that stuff and I said I know and she said um it's better that way and I always come back to that, is that, like, that there is, a there is this um, safety that comes from it, so it also um, reminds me of some other things that I think really work as parents, is to, is to give your child an out with you, so that, like, if your child ever feels uncomfortable with anything that's happening with their friends, they can be like, oh, yeah, my mom won't let me, <laughs> you know, Um yeah, even yeah, and so I think that you're in this interesting place with your son in that like no you really won't let him but what what does he think is reasonable and 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 I think if you tackle that now like what he thinks is reasonable and what versus what you think is reasonable and enter into negotiations you don't negotiate with young children but you can absolutely negotiate with your tweens and teens um I think once mm-hmm. you, if you enter into negotiations with him here you um continue to do Penny, what it says, like you've already done, keep him safe, keep him feeling like he can tell you, um, you know, tell you what he needs to tell you, because that is going to become increasingly more important with each year that your very son um, remains very social, you know? And so I think that that's like certainly one way that you can do it. And the other thing about that is that um, you have, the way that I think about it is you have somebody who is an expert on social media, your son. So let him, you know, um, flesh that some of that stuff out for you. Um, And I would, I think words like safety belong in that conversation. So you could say like, if he says, well, everybody else, you know, videotapes themselves um, at their home and then post it on YouTube or um, Instagram um, or Finsta, which is a, like the dark Instagram that we're not supposed to know about as parents, but I'm telling you right now, is um, if, you want, like, if you want to do that, um, if he wants to do that, then he's going to have to make a good argument for it. And um, one of the things that we um, sometimes make our kids do um, in our family is like literally make an argument for it. Uh, get me the research. Make a PowerPoint. Uh, you know, do something. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, but it but it's it's super cool because it makes your kid, and at this age they can do it. Really look into look into the research, and they might change their minds about some aspects aspects of it. Anyway, they're doing this in school, and all the, you know, although I don't necessarily think replicating what goes on in school makes the most sense. I think in this case, having them make a cogent argument about um, why they think they should be allowed to do something that we don't think they should be allowed to do, um, it just strengthens them as people.
0: Right, right. And I can see the value in that just teaching them how to decide in the big world that they live in that we didn't have then what's best for them. Yeah, I like that because it gives them some control over it as well. Well, and also,
1: here's the thing. Um, in the case that you're talking about specifically, you have your son make make a video of why he should be allowed to post <laughs> the <a>
0: video. Right? <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm maintaining a little bit of a, a sense of humor about it to um, also take yeah. some of that. Because otherwise, just think about this. You know, I, I, I'm so appreciative to you, Penny, for bringing this up and um, allowing us to talk about it in this forum. If, if, this, if this right now, when your son is 12 and a half, if this gets in the way for you guys, it's going to keep getting in the way in deeper and darker, um, more intense ways as he grows up even further. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, because I've already noticed that some of his friends are able to do more than he is, which is, it's, yeah. you know, and I think that's traditional. It happened to us too, right? Well, yeah. so-and-so's mom lets them you know, and I, and I, and I, I keep saying, well, that's their mother or father's decision. Yeah. And, you know, like there are times where we do allow him to explain what he's doing, but I feel like it's. I do agree that this isn't something that's happened one time that we've had this conversation. So I feel like it's just more of what is that? And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him do that research thing and give me a good reason why or something. And because I don't, and I think that's where I'm getting hung up is like, I don't want to be that parent that doesn't teach him what to do rather than tell him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately, I I think about this a lot, too, is that adolescence um, is a time where we have to, in a lot of ways, trust that everything we did when they were little worked. (laughs) You know, it's like we have to, to, you know, sort of let let out the slack a little bit on that rope that Mm -hmm. ties us together and um, let them have that experience. And, uh, you know, I think certainly um, as uh, adults, in middle age we know how important that was to learn those lessons and that like learning them vicariously um is a different story than really like feeling the impact of making mistakes and screwing up
0: so right right yeah um definitely other questions questions. um um i do and i don't know if it's really a question or if it's more of a like things that I notice. Okay. So, Well, no, I'm going to go here. Okay. So like, here's the thing. <laughs> so as we start to get a little bit older and they start to get a little bit more um, distant. Yes. Okay. And by distant, I, I mean, I, I keep reminding myself we did this to our parents, right? right? This is what we did, you know? So, and I'm thinking like, and it's not to us obviously, but he it's it's like having him go out and like it's like the circle of security idea. But it's almost like have like he'll spend a lot of time in his room, right? Yeah. Listening to music, doing whatever. And that's like foreign for me because he's always been like um oh, yeah. hanging around and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like like I think my main question is, and I don't know if it's a question or like just ideas that, that might come up for people, is like how do we maintain that connection, that valuable connection that we want? That's not overbearing and guilt-ridden. Yeah.
1: Okay. I love it. And again, it kind of feels like rejection to us as parents, so we can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, personally, and, and that is part of why, when um, you know, we were talking a little bit about this um, this podcast before um deciding to go ahead and do it is like, yep, they're, well, they're gross. Um, and that's a whole other story about, <laughs> but um, they yeah. just start to feel bad at this age, right? And then um, the weird part is like, that's weird. They weren't like that a year or two ago or six months ago. And so, um, you know, that is definitely part of it. But we, like you said, I want to honor that we were weird too. And I think a lot of times what gets in our way as parents is really forgetting really really forgetting what we were like um so Mm -hmm. i think this is about opportunity because a lot of teens are going to um you know hide in their room um if they like my son has um all his like uh gaming stuff in the basement so i say he's down in the dungeon again it'll be hours before i see him (laughs) um so yeah yeah so i think part of it is one just looking for opportunities. And especially with teenage boys, um, they are much more likely to connect with, um, really, period, if they're doing. And so if I can engage my son in doing something, especially if it doesn't require a ton of eye contact, like when we're driving in the car, he's much more likely um, to talk to me when we're driving in the car than if we're just sitting at the kitchen table. Um, If we're throwing the Frisbee around, You know, he's much more likely to toss me if we go for a walk because I can get him to do some of those things. So some of it is about just sort of is just recognizing that the teenage boy brain likes to be uh, doing and like and does not love eye contact (laughs) even with their parents. Yeah. The other thing um, that I think is really important, and and I know um, I've just been reflecting on it myself lately, is opportunity. And so um, I will just, like and give continue to give my son opportunities. If he's up in his room um, or in the dungeon um, hiding out, I will say like, "Hey, I'm going to the store. You want to take a ride with me?" Um, "Hey, I'm going out for a walk." I always know this is a no, but I still keep asking. <laughs> Do you want to go Do You want to go with me? Um, you know things like that where you just you you don't stop doing what you're doing in terms of the invitation and opportunity because eventually they're gonna say yes. It's like sales, right? There's a reason you get eight Victoria's Secret catalogs sent to your house in a month. They know eventually you're gonna buy something. So it it works right. way that you, you just keep asking um, you know, your kid, Hey, do you, um I'm gonna make some cookies. Do you wanna um you wanna make them with me or are you just gonna be on the, you know, eating
0: end of that? Um so <laughs> does that make sense to you? it it does but and i often think like i you know it's like you have to almost be a little bit like in, invitational but not have a response after if the in, answer is no do you know oh, what i yeah. mean like I like you can't show your disappointment because then he's going to be all like guilty and it's just, he's just developing this is what they do
1: right. you know Yeah, what I mean? yeah what they do is how they are right um yeah, I, I, think I didn't really respond to that part. You know, you had originally said when you asked the question um, or made the comment without the guilt part. And um, so I'm so glad that you bring that up. back up is that, that you, it is so important for us to not take this personally, you know, like
0: yeah. really. Yeah. Um,
1: however, it does push our buttons. It's because it feels like rejection, it feels like disconnection, it feels, you know, um, it also, some of the things that sometimes happen is that, um, you know, with our, with our sons being teenagers is that we do remember what it felt like to be a teenager. And then when they, um, tell us they're not interested, we remember that part of being a teenager, um, too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, so being able to, um, you can say you're disappointed but you, but you have to own it so the difference yeah. is like I'm disappointed in you for not wanting to hang out with me um is that's the guilt part that's where you're just going to yeah to move them further away where to be able to say oh I'm disappointed because I thought it would be fun um, um, but whatever I get I get it you know and and you have to be able to let your son' Um, or daughter, for, um, in this example, off the hook here. So, um, you know, like, sometimes I'll say to, um, like, you know, in a sarcastic way, we we specialize in sarcasm in my family. Um, so I'll <laughs> say to my, to my son or daughter, I can't believe you'd rather hang out with your friends than your mom, you know, and they're like, yes, <laughs> yeah no. So, you know, sometimes being able to um, make light of it and not um, and not create something um, something new where now, you, like you said, now you've guilted your child, and now what um, you don't want that that's not good for your relationship. It's not good for your child no. personally, right? So, are, are there some ways that you think about how to avoid that um, with your own son that you've been trying out?
0: Well, normally, like I. I always go for the joke, sort of sarcastic, yeah. I guess, in a way, yeah. because that's that's what he responds to. Um, yeah. And usually I'll be like, oh, fine, you know, like I'll say like, you know, it, it won't be anything like big, like as in like I'm going to go cry now, nothing like that. But I'll yeah, just yeah. be like, oh, fine, you, you would rather do that, great. Well, I'll go have fun on my own, and guess what? Yeah. When you want to join me, feel free, you know, right. but – I don't know. I feel like, is that too guilt provoking? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I hope not. But at the same time, like, I want him to fly so that he'll want to come back. See what I mean? I know that's the whole goal.
1: Yeah. think we're just afraid to check in with our kids. So another thing that I talk about in the um, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids book is um, I talk about getting feedback from your child. So you could,
0: it's yep. totally
1: cool to ask, like, uh, did, that, did I just guilt you, um, you know, and, and then take ownership for that. Um, the other yeah. thing... And the other thing that you can do is you can also just ask on a scale of one to 10, how am I doing with this, you know, like being a nag <laughs> thing or pressuring you thing and, or this whole parenting thing. And I find that kids yeah. really give honest answers. And so, but you have to be prepared for that answer.
0: Yeah. One, we did that like a few weeks ago when we had a conversation about something, I think it was something about going somewhere. And like, I'm pretty like, I'm not like going to drop you off and you just go and with certain situations. Right. So um, we had a conversation about that and, and they said, I know, like I'm new at this, like I've never had a teenager before. And um, I don't know how to do this well. And I need you, you know, we did talk about like, and I got some feedback. And one thing I said is like, it's going to be hard if I have to set a limit. And he said to me, he goes, but I need you to. Yeah,
1: that's exactly And I was like, wow. I'm so glad we shared that story. That's the that's perfect way for um, us to, you know, to really end this um, this conversation is that that is what our kids do still need us to set limits and to help them with that. Um, but talking to them about it will make it a much easier job. So thank you so much, Penny, for being my guest today. And I loved our conversation. Thank you. Look forward to our next one. Thank you, everybody,
0: for yes, listening. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Bye.